Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this Monday. Andrew Cashflow, aka the Cashflow King, is here as well. We're going to have Johnny Crypto joining us later in the episode, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how David Schwartz explains how tokenized assets are 18 months away from being launched on the XRPL, outlining how finance is on the brink of a historic change. While the BlackRock ETF was approved by the SEC this morning, or was it? With the markets reacting dramatically to the news, we show our community how this could be a great indicator of what's to come when they actually approve spot ETF products. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, we got a bunch of great news prepared for today. But what I'm most excited about, believe it or not, is tokenization on the XRPL. David Schwartz, historic announcement from this summer we're going to be showing today. But how you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. I'm feeling good, man. Good morning, everybody. You know, I miss you guys. Uh, not going to be able to be on the show as much. Uh, for the next six months, so like Mondays and Tuesdays. So it was cool though. But I w- I was recording a, a video for the Three T Espanol, and I and it was so funny. I had just finished recording when the news hit, and then the price ripped. So uh, I, I thought that was interesting. You know, kind of gives you a good gauge of where your emotions at, and like if you have that urge to like FOMO in, it's good practice, right? Because you know I had tweeted out to the community, or not tweeted out, but messaged out to Mighty Networks the original news, and hey, don't FOMO in. You know, this is why you build your positions when you build them. And then, you know, you never chase price action. And then it ended up uh, playing out to be uh, false. But good indicator of where we're going to go, right? Like you said, and we can talk about that. But, Thank you, guys. Yeah. And we got Andrew joining us as well. Andrew, it's exciting. I feel like we take these long breaks from each other, but you're back on GMC this morning. So we never keep, we're never away from too, far away from each other for too long. And I just saw my good friend, Johnny Crypto, join the show as well. Good morning, Johnny Crypto. We're going to be coming to you next. But Andrew Cashwell, how are you feeling today? Thanks for being here. Hey, guys. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Uh, this time from Spain. I'm here uh, near uh, near the city of uh, Barcelona. I'm for family visit here in the beach house of my, uh, of my mother near the Mediterranean Sea. So it's great. You know, in Netherlands, it's, it's already autumn, rainy days, windy cloudy skies and here is sunshine and i feel a little bit like you uh apps like uh, like you're in florida so uh i admire it and i'm happy to be in the show again happy to see gonzo and uh and, and my big friend uh, johnny crypto 
So uh, let's make a great show today. Or as we like to say, the Italian Stallion, guys. And we already got 215 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, I'm going to combine your introduction with the Bitcoin news from this morning, as this is what was going around on the internet, or at least on crypto Twitter. This morning, BlackRock's Bitcoin spot ETF just got accepted, according to Cointelegraph. Turns out that was not the case. A BlackRock insider has just confirmed this is false, and their application is still under review from the SEC. So, first of all, how you feeling, and what do you think of the news? Oh, we'll get to the news later. It's more important just to say the hello. So, good morning, everybody. Hopefully, all the Warrior Manics are doing great out there. I think we have to change Cashflow's name to Traveler. World Traveler. Andrew goes all over the place. I love it. It's fantastic. Great to see you, Andrew, and Gonzo as well. And, uh, yeah, that was some pretty interesting news. I woke up to a bunch of text messages today. Everybody all excited. Everybody thinking of Bitcoin. I'm sitting there like, no way it got approved. It's it's too early. It's too soon. It's just not going to happen yet. And uh, so I was like, all right, whatever. Let me dig a little deeper into it. And there was no other sources. Guys, if you see that something says it's going to approve and you Google it and there's no other news source, most likely it's not real. Don't trust one source ever. And this was a complete... Um, debacle for coin telegraph and now they're out there apologizing to everybody abs and trying to tell oh we're sorry we're investigating blah 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 doesn't matter once you lose credibility like that that really makes it incredibly hard you know i tell my kids all the time trust it's very hard to earn and very quick to lose and now coin telegraph well gonna be hard to trust anything they put out there anymore a hundred million in liquidations <clears throat> like in minutes. Well, I'm sure that I'm sure this was planned. There's no doubt somebody oh, has for sure. friends and like, yeah. hey, let's do that. I put a little news out there. You know, you're gonna lose your reputation, but here, here's a bunch of money. Who knows what the hell happened? But but there's a lot of money that got wiped out right there. And this is why you just gotta have an exit plan, sit back, set it, forget it, wait for the bull run to come. No need to panic. I don't even look at news right now. It's not that important. It's, it's, at the end of the day. Listen, yeah. if that ETF news was real, it would have been important, Johnny Crypto. True, hundred percent. Well, let me but ask you something more. It would have been real if it was a bunch of other sources confirming it. That's all, that's that's the message. Of the Here's the problem with crypto Twitter, right? Once you get one real source, the other real sources use it as a reference. So when Cointelegraph, but, but that's what you got to look for. If that one source is pointing to the same source, it's still one story. You can't count it, right? And so if Forbes and everybody else comes out and they're all pointing to one story, you got to be smart enough to say, oh, okay, this is just one guy copy and pasting seven, you know, seven news sources with the same story. Again, you got to be smart enough to look into it. And that's what we're here for. So we kind of let you guys know, you know, what to look for here and that. But I agree with you, Abs. You know, you got you to be careful with those news sources. Guys, and we are going to More importantly, like... You got to, can I just say something real quick, Abs? More importantly, you want to like, this is just a perfect example of knowing when to build your positions and what to build your positions. in. You just got a glimpse of what projects are going to run when this thing finally gets approved, right? Because there were projects that didn't do much and there was projects that absolutely ran with Bitcoin, right? Any of the Bitcoin products, Bitcoin Cash, uh, Stacks, right? Solana is still kind of up, Render. And so it gives you kind of a glimpse of when this thing does get approved and Bitcoin runs, there are projects that are going to run with it more than others. 
Thank you, guys. And I'm going to continue with this show, so please bear with me here. We're going to go through a lot of important information. There's 253 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to start this show off by the same way we always do, checking out my Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. I've been super active, putting out six, seven, eight tweets a day. Continue to follow, guys. I'm giving you updates all throughout the day. When we look at some of the daily movers, we got Solana up 8%, Hex token 4%. Let's find our XRP bubble up only 2% on the news, but we're going to look at our coin market update and figure out the details here. We are looking at our Merlin market page right now. We're sitting at 1.08 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 51% dominance. Ethereum is about 17.5%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 28,200. Ethereum, 1580. We've got XRP at 50 cents flat. And let's check out Cardano sitting at 25 cents. And Johnny, I'm showing a tweet from Alex Cobb right now explaining what happened when Bitcoin broke out based on the news. And I think like Gonzo said, it's a great indicator of what's to come. When this ETF gets approved, a lot of people are focusing, how's it going to affect Bitcoin? It is going to affect the entire crypto market. But let's actually listen to a video from Jamie Dimon back in 2018, explaining what his theory is for Bitcoin in the long term. And, and the other thing I've always made about Bitcoin, governments, and this is not a technological statement, governments are going to crush it one day. Governments like to know where the money is, who has it, and what you're doing with it. And, and the other thing I've always made... So that clip pretty much speaks for itself, Johnny. So I got a question for you before we kick it to cash flow. Did he really believe what he's saying in this video or was he misleading maybe his competitors or even his investors? Who the hell knows? I mean, what did, what did Yusko say? When they want to buy something, do they come out and tell you they're going to buy it? No. They don't. They tell you. So, you you know, these guys are running big companies. They're making big purchases. It's very hard to believe anything they're going to tell you at the time until after they do what they're going to do. So you can't. I think you just have to take all that stuff with a grain of salt when you listen to the big boys. Um, but he's right. He is right about one thing. Governments do want to know where your money is, who's got it, where's it going. And the thing is, there's a simple solution for that. And they're already putting it in place. I love you too, Joey, and the rest of the Italian paisans out there. Shout out to you, buongiorno, everybody. But, you know, the thing is, Abs, KYC is coming. <clears throat> and for those of you who don't know what that means, KYC means know your customer. That's going to be a part of regulation. In fact, KuCoin just did it the other day. You can't buy a KuCoin now if you don't have, you know, if you don't sign up and tell them who you are. Once that gets implemented everywhere, and crypto has basically KYC everywhere, all the on and off ramps, then for the most part, they're going to have control. Now, again, DeFi is going to be the only one where it's a little more tricky on the KYC. But when they figure that out, then for the most part, <clears throat> they'll have everything covered. I apologize today. I got my scratchy throat cough. But anyway, that's well, to you, Johnny Crypto. Feel better soon. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. I've been trying. But anyway, so the point is, I think Jamie's right. Governments want to know, but I think they will put things in place. So they will know. So I don't think governments are going to crush crypto. I think governments are going to control crypto by putting in know your customer, and then they're going to let it thrive. And obviously, we know that I think it was both was it both uh, Bitcoin, uh, JP Morgan, and BlackRock was buying Bitcoin in the low 15s or 16s, right? We know BlackRock was for sure, and yet they were saying it was you know a scam either, and they were buying it. So there you go, apps. Andrew, just to wrap up this Bitcoin news, we are going to talk about the XRPL becoming a favorite platform for tokenized assets. As David Schwartz announced this summer, 18 months 
until we see real world assets on the XRPL. And that's going to be huge for liquidity as well as use cases. But let's just wrap up this Bitcoin news. The, the news that was circulating this morning is BlackRock's Bitcoin spot ETF just got accepted by the SEC. And this was going to be huge for all of crypto. Markets reacted up 4% across the board. But Eleanor Tourette just confirmed these sources were false and their application is still under review. What did you take away from this whole ordeal? Um, it, it's, it's manipulation. And I think even it's a test. It's a test to see how the market can be manipulated. Because if you put out news like this and you already get an, in, an, an increase of 4%, you can also do the opposite. You can also say, oh, I'm sorry, it, was, it, was, uh, it will be postponed with a year and then you will get a drop down. You know? And this volatility will help all those institutional investors because they know what they're doing to buy low, sell high, sell high and buy low again. It's all manipulation and that's why it doesn't matter because as a, as a retail customer or retail investor, you're always too late, always. Just accept you are always too late. So what does it mean? That you need to buy upfront. For example, dollar cost averaging in something. If I see a spike like this, you know, and I see a spike, and I have my exit orders already in place. Yeah, my limit exit orders. I will I will cash out during such, such spike when when it is only you know, this spike is only maybe 15, 20 minutes, maybe half an hour. But I would have cashed out a little bit of my uh, of my of my uh, of my coins. And that all has to do with a with a strategy. The strategy when to go in when prices go down, when to go out when prices go up. You know, have that strategy, have the peace of mind in your head and don't get caught up by the by the social sentiment and, and all the fake news that's getting out there. So just keep your patience and and, and play your plan. That, that That's what I see happening. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. And I can I resonate with that news ex the exact same way. We got 302 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, I want you to tell your story from how you were able to capitalize on something similar. Bitcoin went from 27,900 to just below $30,000 in only 45 minutes. That is unbelievable. But here's the thing. That's what's going to happen when this ETF gets approved. And I hope a lot of that liquidity is going to be staying in the market instead of doing what Andrew said, going up and then just exiting on the back end. If the ETF news is approved, it will change the way institutions use Bitcoin and it will it will change the way they interact with these currencies. Maybe you can tell your story. Yeah. You know, oh, you're talking about the graph that I showed you earlier. Yeah. So like there's there two ways that like people get manipulated in the market, right? It's price capitulation or price drops, right? What we saw in 2022, where we had our high 51 weeks, we get our low, right? And then, so that's the one first way. The second way is through time manipulation, right? Whereas people get bored, they get apathetic and they lose confidence in the market where you get that lateral sideways movement. That's the next 96 weeks, right? And so that's when people get bored, they leave the market, but it's usually the best time to get in, right? Because in the first 51 weeks, you're catching a falling knife. So in the next 96 weeks, and we're like kind of halfway through there, um, those are the times that you want to like, Andrew's saying, you dollar cost average, you build your positions so that you're not chasing price action. So when this spot ETF finally gets approved next year, you're getting a taste to see how the markets are going to move. Like Bitcoin Dominus exploded, the price of Bitcoin exploded and some of the alts went with it 
but you can see the pairs absolutely got crushed. And those are the times that you're kind of trading from Bitcoin into other pairs. But yeah, I think we're halfway through that 90 and, it, and not all cycles are going to be the same, right? We went 51 weeks, then 96 weeks. And then after the 96 weeks is when we started our, our march up to the all-time high. Yeah. And so now we're halfway through that 96 weeks. We're, we're probably going to uh, end up somewhere like in that range. So probably I would say that the 96 week ends next September. So next September, we have Bitcoin having in April. And then once we get to September, we should be just up. That's exciting, Gonzo. Think about that, guys. April is going to be a historic time for Bitcoin, but it's also going to be a historic time for XRP. We even had Waters Above say on our show, April 8th, 2024, he told us, hold him accountable. He's anticipating a massive announcement and a massive movement in the crypto markets for that date. Johnny, I do want to close it out here. So give me your take really briefly. We're going to discuss right now how the XRPL is adding tokenized assets in the next 18 months. But this is what I love. We can use this news and how Bitcoin reacted as an indicator of what will happen in the future. When this Bitcoin news is launched, I think Bitcoin's going to be well above $40,000 in the next four weeks after the news. And then God only knows where we could go from there, depending on the sentiment of the crypto market. Guys, we got 333 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, close us out here. Was this a great indicator of what's to come once the ETF is approved? Um, You know, interesting that, you know, we, we saw just a quick pump to 30 and that's it. But the reality is, I think when we when we get it, you're going to kind of get two phases. You're going to get the quick news pump, which you saw. And I don't know, you know, what would it go up 10%, maybe 15, maybe you get 20, something like that. Um, but then what you're really looking for is when the institutions start saying, okay, this is real now. And that starts to come in and that's a phase two. And I'm not sure what that delay or lag is going to be, how far off we're going to see and get before we see what the true kind of effect of an approved BTC ETF will look like. Um, but to me, that to me is what, what's going to be the interesting part. I'm not interested in the first, you know, news piece bump. That's not to me what I think is going to be sustainable. What's sustainable is how, what floods into the market. What does it mean? How does it change the game? What does that look like? And if this was an indicator of that, then this was disappointing, right? Seeing a, a shot to 30 is not what anybody wants to see. Uh, I think, you know, believing that we can get over all time highs. And maintaining over that is something that I think people are looking for. So we'll see. You know, when you're talking about $350 billion sitting on the sideline that can come in, I think you're going to get, you're going to see a very, very hefty price rise. But I don't think it'll be in a single phase. It's going to take a while. And I think I would be surprised if it doesn't, if the approval doesn't happen closer to the, to the having. That's why when I heard the news today, I didn't believe it. Because I think it, I, I, I would think they would want to wait until we get closer, Abs. Now, I could be wrong, and maybe in two weeks we'll get it. But it would be very surprising to me to see it come this early. I just thought it would be in Q1 of next year. That's kind of what I'm thinking. That's what I'm still sitting on. Um, and then look for two phases. At least that's what I'm looking at. But I could be wrong. Gonzo, one last thing about this spot Bitcoin ETF is that Mark Yusko has said $300 billion are going to flood into the market once the ETF product is approved. And he said this, first, BlackRock will be approved according to his inside sources, won't reveal who they are. But if BlackRock gets approved, he's anticipating nearly a half dozen applications are approved within the next seven days. So 
we could see a quick storm come into the crypto market and a massive amount of liquidity begin buying and holding Bitcoin to offer it to their clients. Grayscale indicated that they were going to be doing the same thing. As on Friday, Grayscale dropped a bombshell when it comes to Fox Business. As the Grayscale team remains operationally ready to convert their GBTC to an ETF upon the SEC's approval. That means they're going to start buying and holding their Bitcoin gonzo so they can offer it to their clients. What are you anticipating? When we get one, will we see a half dozen like Mark Yesko says? Yeah, they're going to have to, right? I mean, usually the first mover gets a bigger piece of the of the pie of the shares. But, um, you know, it's using logic, right, that they would approve them all at once because it's what's fair and what's logical. But we've already seen that the SEC isn't logical and it doesn't play very fair. So I wouldn't be surprised if they approve one and then we get like a staggered effect. But bottom line is this. This is why you build your positions in times like this, right, or when the price action's down. When we get a correction and we go hit our major support, which right now is like 26.5 we lose 26.5, we're at 25.2. That's real, the real, real like floor is, right? It's either 25 or 19. But when you get down to those levels, that's why it's important to dollar cost average. So then you're not worried about it. Once this thing runs, you're already built in. So it's just a matter of like, if, like what I'm doing is I'm building positions into Bitcoin so that when Bitcoin runs and it crushes the pairs, I'll trade out from Bitcoin into whatever altcoin I want because I'll get max altcoin. And then when the altcoins run up, and and they're beating Bitcoin, you could trade back into Bitcoin or you could pull USD, whatever you want. But like, it's just important to have an investment thesis, a strategy, and you want to build in the times when it's boring, when no one's paying attention so that you're not chasing price action or FOMOing in once these news come in. Because that's what a lot of people are doing, right? A lot of people have left the market and they're going to come in once this thing starts running. But for me, that's going to be a bit too late. I'm looking to pull profits when people are coming in. Spot on, just like JP Morgan, Gonzo, and Andrew. I want to get some thoughts from you as well. One of our listeners is actually asking about the impact and the lag between the difference of an approval. Johnny broke down those two phases, right? First, we're going to have the initial pump based on the news, but what will the sustainability of the crypto prices be after these products are launched? Maybe you can give your two cents, and then we're going to move on to the XRPL tokenization. Um, it's all... Um... If it is approved, the ETF, it's all uh, social sentiment. All YouTubers, all influencers will all dive on it. And that will trigger a lot of FOMO. So, And that's exactly what you want, actually. Yeah, Maybe it's, it's impolite, not so friendly, but that's what we want. And on that way up, you, you, we, we see a spike like this. You know, if it goes too fast up, it will go down again. And it will go down fast. And then maybe it will... Uh, you know, I, I studied electronics, and, you, and when you switch, flip a switch, then you see a, a spike on the on the electricity signal. Maybe a technical story, but exactly you see the same economy. When it goes up, it have to have to go down. It have to have to phase out a little bit, and then it can go go quietly up again. So that that will happen. Uh, that means you know, yeah, don't act on the news because the news is all fake. It is it is not real. Uh, it's all to get you in. But on the other hand, we want you, we, we all here and all the our list, we want all that money in because all that money, yeah, triggers liquidity and triggers higher prices. So, yeah, so, so what should you do? Be in before that moment. Johnny Crypto, you also tweeted out an article yesterday that was very cool, at least in my opinion, where they were talking about how Ca California Governor Gavin Newsom has approved a strict crypto regulatory framework for 2025 
And we are going to get the strict details of this article later in the show. But broadly, I think it just shows crypto is becoming widely accepted. And when you look three or four years out in America, whether it's Gary Gensler or a new SEC commissioner, crypto products are going to exist in the USA. There is way too much money to be made. And our next article is pretty much in reference to that. As Ripple CTO David Schwartz says the XRPL is to become a favored platform for tokenized real world assets in the next 18 months. And we brought the clip to prove it. This is from Flip the Chain on Twitter. Everybody should follow this account. This account's brand new. It's only got like a thousand followers. Puts out fantastic crypto videos every day. But Johnny, this video speaks for itself and we're kicking it to you. I'm hoping that we're going to see as real world asset tokenization projects grow, I think the XRP Ledger is going to be a really good platform for them to launch on, uh, you, particularly because of the low fees and because of the integration with the DEX, with the proximity to sort of the movement of funds. The ability, you know, if someone's going to buy, what do you want to do with a real world tokenized asset? You want to buy it, you want to sell it, you want to hold it, you want to transfer it. And if you want to buy it and sell it, you want to be able to do that with whatever asset is convenient for you. You don't want to tie... If you tokenize some sort of debt, like you don't want to tie it to U.S. dollars because then that limits access to people who have sort of proximity to U.S. dollars. One of the things the XRP Ledger is good for is giving you sort of proximity to many different assets and that exchange is seamlessly built in. So I think that's going to make, that's one of the many reasons why the XRP Ledger is going to be a good place to launch tokenized real world assets. So listen to this. First of all, he just explained why that's going to happen, right? Well, when is it going to take place? Here's his answer. I think we'll see that in the next year, year and a half. Cool. Yeah. There's a we're going to see tokenized assets on the XRPL in the next year to year and a half. I have my statements, but we're starting with Johnny and we'll kick it to Gonzo. You know, one of, I think the biggest, you know, everybody focuses on cross-border payments and that stuff for Ripple, but I actually think tokenization is going to be massive. Uh, actually, there'll be a bigger prize for them if they can get their, their, their grip in it. And you see them talking more and more about how the XRPL ledger can be leveraged for tokenization and having different on off ramps, being able to have, you know, being able to exchange different currencies or tokens rather than being locked into the US dollar, I think is going to be huge for, for tokenization. And that's how they're going to leverage and sell it. So I think that they're positioning themselves, Abs, as I said earlier, that they realize crypto is coming and Ripple is looking at playing not just in the cross border payment, but in the tokenization field, the custody field. I mean, they really are bolting all the pieces together and that's why i love ripple as the company and the great news for people now is you can actually buy ripple as a company uh through the ipo i believe uh through the pre-ipo through link to they have an option there i think so even if you're not accredited so it's awesome i, I really yeah there you go give the elbow drop i like it i i like what they're doing i'm very very excited uh long term for ripples uh for what ripple's doing and and the xrpl Johnny, one quick question. This person commented, real world assets are on Stellar. It's going to be a multi-blockchain multi world, right? XRP can get 10% of tokenized assets. Everybody in our live chat will have historic wealth. You will have generational wealth, not only because of the utility of the asset, because of its value in and of itself. But Johnny, yeah. George, yours and then kick it to Gonzo. The thing I just want to say about that, Abs, is so important that everybody has this one coin or one technology mentality and i'm telling you guys right now that's the wrong way to be thinking about crypto it's the wrong way to be thinking about blockchain technology there's so many of them out there and some of them work together some of them work on top of each other they're gonna be a multitude of different solutions at least in the beginning who's gonna ultimately in and win in the long run i'm not even so sure 
but there's going to be so much money to be made in the process of all of that that it doesn't doesn't matter. If you have an exit plan, you're going to take some of your bags with you to the end anyway. And if you're smart, you're going to profit along the way through all the speculation of all this because you're going to hear tons and tons and tons of news over the next three to five years. Oh, this company's working with that company and they're doing this and they're doing that and this and that. Your head's going to be twisted and confused. And the best thing is forget about what it all means. Forget about who's going to win. Get a darn exit plan. We've given you a tool to do that now and start profiting off of these. Don't think you're going to sit here and find the one Amazon that's going to go to 3300. This isn't going to work that way. It's going to take 10 to 15 years before any of these really mature, I think. Again, this is all my thinking, Will. Let let me say something else. Uh, It has also to do with trust. I mean, if we have cross-border payments operational, yeah, or more or less operational, development teams are working with it, banks are working with it, uh, institutions are working with it, then you get a level of trust. If then the question comes up, okay, what do we do with the tokenization of real-world assets? Then you say, Okay, well, you know, we know it works with uh, cross-border payments, with with, uh, with Ripple and XRP. So, oh, they also offer a product with uh, tokenization of real-world assets. So we have a little bit of experience with that. So let's do it. Let's do a pilot. Do it. Let's do another pilot, and let's let's try it and start it a little bit. It will start slowly, but it has all to do with with the foundation, and then you move on. And of course, there will be others like uh, like Stellar will also be in, in the game of uh, tokenization of world, real world assets. But it, 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 it all has to do with yeah building on each other. And if Ripple keeps uh, 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 doing a good job, a good performance, then, then Ripple is a very good candidate for this uh, tokenization of real world assets. You know, Abs, Larry Fink has already told us how big the tokenization of assets is going to be. And if you look at it, you're talking about like anything can be tokenized, right? Gold, real world assets, securities, commodities, real estate, right? Who is really good at packaging things together and selling them to people? Banks, right? So banks are going to be very good at tokenizing real world assets and then selling them to the public. So the way that I look at it is who has the relationship with the banks? You have Ripple, right? This is why I like CCIP and Link because they're already testing that kind of stuff out. XLM has some relationships. So any kind of blockchain, like Johnny was saying, it's not going to be one. It's going to be multiple. But what I'm looking at is who has established relationship with banks because banks are very, very equipped at tokenizing things and then selling them to the public. Um, And so, yeah. It's either the banks or it's going to be kind of like the hedge funds, right? The Goldman Sachs, the BlackRock's of the world that tokenize things. So people that have established relationships with them are those are the blockchains that they're going to use. You're spot on, Gonzo, and it it matters who's in those conversations. And I think that's why the Stellar comment is so valuable. Stellar is communicating with MoneyGram. They're communicating with Microsoft. They've even had meetings in Washington, D.C. and managed to not walk out with a lawsuit that's pretty huge in and of itself. Just ask Brad. Just ask Brad Garlinghouse. We got 429 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and thank you for being here, Gonzo. We're happy to have you this morning. But this is something that you just referenced one second ago, and I think it's so valuable for our listeners to see. Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock's, the founder, he says the next generation of payments is tokenized assets. I actually believe 
this technology is going to be very important. I am, I, you know, look at it. We have been part of a huge revolution in investing through ETFs. We believe that ETFs will be changing the whole way we invest. Many people still use it as a means, oh, people are investing it for indexing. No, the majority of people who are putting money in an index in an ETFs are active investors that are buying exposure. The entire bond market is being transformed as we talk right now. Think about that, Johnny. The entire bond market is being transformed right now. And this is a video that's almost two years old at this point. And think about this, guys. If Larry Fink is willing to admit this publicly, it means they're ready to profit off of this technology. He would not tell us otherwise. So floor is yours, Johnny Crypto. Well, I mean, listen, when Larry speaks, you better listen. <laughs> they run in the number one asset manager in the world. And he's he's telling you, this is a you know this is a company that was a few years ago anti crypto and now pro blockchain and pushing for the very first Bitcoin spot ETF right and when they get it and they will get it they are gonna you know transform that as well but he's telling you basically without telling you that the blockchain is coming that technology is going to drive the future and and that obviously tokenization is going to be enormous that's everything's going to be on the blockchain everything's going to be tokenized so the question at us is where is there money to be made how as a retail investor do you make money in that you have to know you know what are the rails of the systems that are going to be playing there so you can invest in them and that's what we don't know right we we know that there's again multiple horses we don't know who's going to win the race but i don't think it's going to be like if someone you know somebody's oh stellar is going to no stellar will be one of them I think Ripple, you know, it will be in there. Then you're going to need communication change. So you're going to have interoperability. You're going to have links going to be involved. You're going to have quant that's going to be involved. There's so, you're going to, you, then, then, this, then there's, you know, how do you keep the data track of it? You know, there's oracles, there's Filecoin. There's so many layers that are going to build into that abs. If that's what we have to all figure out is what are the, what's the building blocks, the foundation of whatever the tokenization rails are going to run on? That's what you want to be investing. And the most important thing you can do is have an exit plan and figure out what your profits are going to be. What are your taxes going to be? Johnny Crypto, this is why you created Merlin, aka the smartest way to track your crypto. And I want to know publicly, can I show the exit plan feature on Good Morning Crypto? Yes or no? I don't know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, so I think, I, think you, you, I mean, I mean, I don't feel like, yeah, I mean, there you go. We I can, just then, want to take a brief second here and let me just address this on air because I think it's so valuable for our listeners to see. I'm going to show you guys exactly why this app is game changing for the regular retail investor. What you can do is it knows when you bought your Bitcoin. I got one Bitcoin for $10,000 in this application. I'm going to plan on selling 80% in my exit plan and 20% I'm holding regardless of what the price target is. Then you go in here, 30% of my 80, I would like to sell 50% of my 80 right there. And then we'll do the remaining 20% at a final exit price. And I'm just going to do 45,000. Let's do 70,000 for all time high. And we'll do 100,000. If we get there, guys, and look at how crazy this is. Not only is it going to tell me exactly what my profit is going to be at that time, my estimated tax bracket and target return would be $46,800, meaning my profit would be 585% if I executed those trades. And that's why we're walking through this right now, because if you're able to capitalize on the gains, you can multiply your profit in the long run. So Johnny Crypto, I can't tell if you're frozen. You might be, but just bring us home. I'm here. Can you hear me? Perfect. Before we change topics, bring us home. Uh, I'll tell you what. So if you live in Portugal, you'd leave that at zero or you're in Puerto Rico. But because you're not and you're in the U.S., you need to go in and change your ta tax bracket 
Make sure you go in the middle and set your tax bargaining profile to 20, 20%, 22, whatever you're in. And it'll actually estimate for you on that total gain that you would have made what your what your actual taxes are that you need to set aside. And then what you do is you get an IUL through the 3T Academy and you put that in there and then you pay it back later. And so this is a whole strategy we have, guys. You should really think we have a five-pillar strategy in the Academy. You should really think about clicking on the link below and join the Academy. There's so much uh, to be learned here in what Abs just told you. It's just a little snippet of that's how you lock in your profits. You set up your alert, your, your targets. You'll get an alert through Merlin telling you when to sell. But then you got this pile of money. What do you do with it? Because the game's not over. You need to figure out how what to do with that money. And that's where you want to come join the academy. We talk about all different strategies of what to do with it to make your money, make you even more money. And guys, you came for the crypto content. This is worth noting right here, guys. Andrew Cashflow, I'm coming to you first. David Schwartz himself predicted real-world asset tokenization on the XRPL is becoming a reality in the next year to year and a half. What does that tell me? 2024 tokenized assets will be on the XRPL. Let's listen to what David had to say. So I think that's going to make that's one of the many reasons why the FTT Ledger is going to be a good place to launch tokenized real-world assets. I think we'll see that in the next year, year and a half. Cool, yeah. What, and I'm asking you broadly, Andrew Cashflow, if we see tokenized assets on the XRPL, that means two things. One, institutions are going to start making money by tokenizing their assets. They can get more utility out of these things. But number two, anybody who's not tokenizing assets is at a disadvantage. They're not going to be able to make those profits. So what do you anticipate the, the market's reaction will be to XRP allowing tokenized assets on the XRPL? Uh, the, the, if you see the first tokenized assets on the XRPL and, uh, and an institution or a bank is making money, all the others will have fear of missing out so they will all jump on it and you know the advantage of this tokenization is just efficiency you know you can do payments with smart contracts you can change ownership very easily and that is the advantage what you normally had to do with lawyers and and and, and contracts and 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 send them right back and forth now you can just create standard contracts it can be signed it can be handed over from one one person to the other depending on what if he who owns who owns the wallet so there is so much opportunity to to become more efficient and based on that efficiency and and you know old prices that were used to used to be yeah you can still make a lot of money then all the people who are coming in or all the two institutions are coming in it will be a race to the bottom so it will become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper so a lot of uh uh uh, profit will disappear and will vapor, but but still, in the beginning, the most money is to be made for the first people who or the first institutions and banks that go into the tokenization of real world assets. And and I'm sure that uh, that in in a year or maybe earlier, uh, Ripple will have another uh, uh, suite of products that will support banks and and other other institutions with this tokenization. So. That that's my uh, that's my ID, and I, I think it will uh, it will be like that. Will it be in a year, one and a half year? Yeah, we'll we'll see the first ones. Absolutely, it's extremely accurate, Andrew, and I actually very much agree with your opinion. That tends to happen a lot on the show. So somebody, we got to get a contrary opinion in here, guys. But I want I do want to run through some important information about Hedera and Quant Network as well, and this also connects to XRP, Gonzo. So I'm kicking it straight to you. The Hong Kong Virtual Asset Consortium today announced that it has added XRP, Hedera, Maker Token, and Quant to its indexes. 
the HKVAC has released the rebalancing results for its HKVAC key indexes and the HKVAC index markets today. That is a mouthful, guys. But what does this mean? It means that the biggest market tracker in Hong Kong is now tracking the success of Hedera Maker Quant Network, and they even replaced USDC with XRP. So I think it shows where the sentiment's headed in this market, Gonzo. What did you take away from the news? Yeah, it's just giving it exposure, right? When you see a, a lot of the moves that we get, they come from the Asian markets. And so the money flow that 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 comes in. So um, I think it's important, something to, to keep an eye on. You know, uh, when you guys were talking about the, the previous thing about tokenized assets, assets, just imagine like the internet and where we were with the internet and how the internet started and how you had just different sections that were, um, that didn't talk to each other, right? And then now you think of what the internet is today, it's a free flow of information. It just flows from one area to the other. And that's what they're doing with the financial world, right? They're, they're making it so that that value, that money could flow seamlessly, right? No friction whatsoever. And that's what they're trying to build. And that's kind of where we're going. We're just very, very early, but it's a good way to just kind of put it. But as far as this story, um, yeah, it's something to keep an eye on as far as just adding more liquidity into those projects. Um, and so I, everything is lining up the spot ETF, the way that the sentiment has turned where crypto is no longer a scam. It's no longer for criminals. You're going to see this whole shift, right? As soon as we get rid of Gary Gensler and that's coming right in the next year, you're going to see a whole sentiment shift. Um, as we go into the Bitcoin having, and then the next bull run, right? Like all the sentiment will change and then you're going to see this thing run and we're going to run the cycle all over again. Johnny Crypto, this is a brief article, but I know it's something that you're going to be excited about as the blockchain gaming industry is coming back in full effect. And I hope Gala is taking notes here, guys, because we want Gala to succeed, especially if you own a node out there. But the blockchain gaming industry sees $2.3 billion in investments of this year to date, and as much as this industry has been hindered by funding over the last 24 months, Johnny, the numbers are decent. $2.3 billion, that's enough money to get some innovation going. What did you take away from this news broadly? And the reason I'm, I'm not diving deep into this article is because it doesn't mean that we're seeing some historic new projects launched. It just means that projects that were existing are continuing to get a certain amount of funding here. So you tell me, are you excited about blockchain gaming for 2025? Oh, my God. You have no idea. You have no idea. I mean, gaming is a bigger industry than the movie industry. And I didn't know that until I started researching this stuff for the show and found out that the gaming industry is $300 billion. That's humongous. And so bigger than the movie industry, right? So that goes to show you when something's that big, abs, there is going to be money flooding into it. And when people start realizing that they can actually now own their own assets and they can actually... And there will be groups of people and companies that, that can earn money playing games. Oh, my God, that's going to be a whole new business. In fact, we met people at a couple conferences where they're already starting companies right now where they're hiring kids, whether it be sitting in a room or remotely, to play games, make money, and then the kids get to keep a certain amount, and then the company keeps a certain amount, and the company sets them up with all the gaming equipment and everything. That's the trade-off. But so... That's going to be a whole new industry that doesn't even exist today that's coming where kids are just going to sit home and play games. It's crazy. And so when you ask me if I'm excited, yeah, I'm excited because I know that 
Who doesn't want to sit home and play games and get paid for it? <laughs> that's like everybody's, that's every kid's dream, right? Or I should say every kid, but you know what I mean. There's a good chunk of kids that would love to sit home and play video games. So there will be a ton of money invested in this space. You all saw the movie Ready Player One. If you haven't, you should go watch it because that's kind of an indicator of what's coming. And for me, because of that, I am really, really super excited. And yes, I've got my bags packed in the gaming side of it. Abs. In fact, I don't know if you saw this. There was an announcement the other day. Um, another big get big time uh, gaming company, Big Time is called. Funny, I didn't mean to use the same word, no pun intended. But Big Time just got listed by Coinbase and uh, OK, OKX, and they had a big pump the other day. So that's another thing that, uh, another one to keep an eye on. So here's the thing about the blockchain gaming that I've never been able to understand. And sorry for throwing this to you on air. But when I do the math on a piece of paper, like you like to call it napkin math, doesn't it mean that these blockchain companies are going to be have to be making more money than they're paying out in order for this to be a success? And doesn't that tell me that most users are going to lose in the process of this gaming? And I'm actually yeah. asking, I'm not trying to be. That's right. No, you're 100% right. See, here was here's what happened. And I'm so glad you brought this up. This is so important. Here's what happened in the first bull run. All these gaming companies came out and said oh this is great you know play here you earn and, and and you and you win and everybody wins and so my son would come to me dad check this out i'm winning this i'm winning that and i'm like oh cool how much cost you to play he goes nothing i go what he goes no it don't cost nothing to play. i'm like what you just buy the asset one time whether you buy you know this was a horse racing one he was doing and car racing so he would buy these horses and they would run in the race and they would win or lose and get paid out but i'm like you realize that's unsustainable, right? And he's like, what are you talking about, Dad? I'm like, that can't last forever if people aren't paying to play. And so he's like, oh, that's a good point. You know? And so sure enough, what happens about five, six months later, the game shuts down, right? And they come out and they say, oh, we're going to do pay to play. Like, yeah, no kidding. So yes, Abs, what's going to happen is it's like anything else. Think of like football, baseball, basketball, the best of the best. You know, make it to the top and they win money. The same thing is going to happen with gaming. The best of the best gamers out there and these companies that are going to hire the best gamers in the world are going to go out there and they're going to win these games. They're going to pay to play and they're going to win. And and the, and the guy who's not so good, yeah, he's going to put up the money and he's going to lose his money. So that is going to happen. It's going to be pay to play. But people are going to pay to play. Why? Because it's just like gambling. People know they're going to lose at gambling, but what? Guess what? They still try. They still do it for the chance that they think they're going to win, right? Same thing is going to happen in gaming. The only difference in gaming is today, you 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 know, you play a game and you play partly for enjoyment. Now you'll pay it for play it for enjoyment, and you have a chance to win. So I think people will put up money for, it, and that's why I think that it will be a huge industry. But you're right; there's going to be winners and losers, just as well in the gaming side of it. No question about it. Definitely. And just to close it out, do you think so for the market to work, there has to be more losers than winners, but people will think that they're going to be a winner. So they'll end up yeah. entering the market and lose their money from what I understand. How do you think gambling works? No, I'm just asking. It's the same, it's the same thing. There has to be more for the money to go. It's I don't just know. Like, something seems so off about it, right? Because everyone's like, oh, they're going to start including uh, crypto tokens on the new Xbox in 2028. And we're going to have Madden including tokens and GTA including tokens. Ah, yes. But remember, so think about this. They're including it. But what's important, and we have to wait to see. What we don't know is how is that <coughs> going to play out in terms of Okay, we're going to have crypto, but that just means maybe you could pay with crypto. You could buy stuff. Maybe you can buy 
in purchase, you know, in app purchases or in game apps purchase through crypto. They're not saying, at least not yet, at least I have heard of, where they're saying, well, we're going to pay you out in crypto and earnings in crypto. Now, will that come? I think so. Absolutely. But I think the way to think about it, yeah, if everybody has this, this fallacy of, oh, yeah, we're all going to make money playing games. No, you're not. Most of you are going to lose money. There's going to be 10%, probably maybe 20% that are going to make money and consistently make money in it while the bottom 80% feed, feed that to the top. And I'm just <coughs> saying that that's most likely how it's going to work, unfortunately. But the more you understand it, then the better you can make a decision whether you want to get in it or hone your skills. Get good at one game. Get really, really good at one game and just play that one game, and maybe maybe you can earn, you know? It all depends on how they break the payouts out, Abs, and that's what's yet to be determined. Thank you, Johnny. And we got 434 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, I'm kicking it to you first for this next article, but if you have any comments on the gaming stuff, feel free to throw it in uh, as well. This weekend, Apple briefly removed the MetaMask application from its Apple App Store, and MetaMask was removed from the App Store just for a few hours on October 14th and was quickly added back to the App Store. Now, it's interesting, right? Because everyone says, oh, they added it back quickly. It was a malfunction. This is the concern, guys. Apps like MetaMask are centralized through companies like Apple where you have to go and purchase it. So if they're able to shut it off from the App Store and maybe even delete it from your application, you're really stuck out there to drive. What did you take away from this article, Gonzo? Well, if you listen to Waters, uh, then it was just a, a ritual, right? That, that's why that happened. They took it off and they brought it back. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's why it's important. You know, it's the same thing like with the exchanges, right? Um, when you have a centralized entity, there's a point of failure, but it's unfortunately it's a necessary evil, right? Because without certain things that are centralized, the influx of money will not come in. And um, as de decentralized as you think that MetaMask is, um, there is a, a, a centralized entity behind it, right? And so um, the good thing about it is if you have your keys, you could always move those keys to a different platform and you still have access to your crypto because your crypto is on the blockchain, right? It's not actually on MetaMask. So you don't have to panic. So like we saw this, it was a couple of years ago. Remember when MetaMask went away? I forgot which country it was or they had issues. As long as you have your keys, you could load those keys into a different platform and you could still access your crypto. So it's not as, as bad as you think it is. But the convenience of what MetaMask brings is as far as being able to access all the different chains and then being able to have like an on-ramp and, and an on-ramp and off-ramp, you know, that would go away. You'd have to find a different platform. And then as far as the crypto gaming thing, we're, we're just very early, right? Like when, when it'll take off is when they make a game that you're not, it's not about making money. It's not about crypto. It's about the game, right? And then the tokenomics of that world still needs to play out, right? And, and usually the way it'll probably play itself out is in the value of the community exchanging amongst itself, whether it's trading assets or getting a very rare asset and then it having value and then you selling it to another player or something like that. Not so much in that you're going to play and get paid. That shows, like Johnny says, those tokenomics did not work, right? That was all speculation. We had a huge run in crypto gaming and then it collapsed. But, you know, it's going to get solved, right? There's, there is money to be made, but I think it'll happen when the focus is on the game and the gameplay 
and not on the tokenomics, right? And on the community. And then the rest of that will kind of play itself out. That's why if you're going to invest in crypto gaming, that's what I do. Instead of investing in an individual game, it's more about platforms, right? Or rails of the crypto gaming. That's why I like render, right? Because it's decentralized GPU. It's for rendering, right? You have Gala, who's had some issues with their founders, but they have multiple games. You have Nakamoto games. Um, you have like Altura. There's all these different projects that um, don't have just one game, but they're kind of like the infrastructure of crypto gaming. Um, that's a safer play for me than like an individual game, like what Johnny was talking about big time, where it looks like it's a really cool game to play, but we still have to see how the tokenomics play out. It's done well, right? Like that's why they've listed it. The project is kind of like three or four or five X, uh, but you know, we'll see how it plays out. Thank you so much, Gonzo. And we're about to listen to a great video out of Ray Dalio, guys. Ray Dalio did an interview with Charlie Rose, and he said, in 1945, the U.S. had 80% of the world's money. Gold was money at that time, and it had half of the world's GDP. It had a monopoly on military power, and so the U.S. set the world order. But what he's saying is that many of those things do not exist today. Let's listen to Ray Dalio, and then we'll give our opinion. Are we, in your judgment, in a moment in which the world order is going to change? Yes, we're changing the world order, okay? In 1945, we started the new world order. What I mean is, over throughout history, there's a fight for control because there's no world court that you go to and plead your case. And so there's a fight for power. So there's a war, and then the winners come out of that war, and the winners set the rules. And so 1945, the United States had 80% of the world's money. Gold was money at the time. It had half the world's GDP. It had a monopoly on military power. So the U.S. set the world order. That's why the United Nations is in New York. Washington, D.C. has the IMF and the World Bank. And its currency became the reserve currency. And its currency became the reserve currency because of that, that set of circumstances. Okay, things evolve. Things change, okay, over history. So the three big things that are changing now that haven't occurred in our lifetime is the amount of debt and money creation, which affects the value of money, and you can see it affecting what's going on every day. Large debt means the printing of money. Right. The large debt puts, in a, puts central bankers in a choice. Do you pay it back with hard money or do you pay it back with printed devalued money? And if you pay it back with hard money, it's hard. In other words, that's when you have debt crises. So in all cases, they eventually print money and that produces inflation. Right. So that dynamics, the first. And that's the place we are at this moment. That's the place we are at this moment. Okay. Boom. We'll talk about that. We'll drill down on that. Johnny Crypto, he elaborates for another minute and a half, but for the sake of the show, guys, that's the most important information. We are on the brink of a historic change, and here's what I want to preface. For the first time ever, I, my biggest concern right now, Johnny, is that it's not going to rely on a single country. It's not like we're going to go from America to China. I think it's going to be these consortiums, these World Economic Forum-type groups. They're going to control everything. It's not going to be about who has the most dominant military it's who dominates the minds of the corporations, and that's what we can look at right now. I'm kicking it to you, and we'll go around the group. You know, it's a very, very fascinating thing. If you watch Ray Dalio, he's, I think he's got a 40-minute video on YouTube. You should all go watch it where he talks about the changing world orders and how, they, how the reserve currencies change from country to country over 100 years and how it happens. And if you look at the cycle where we are, Abs, we're at the end of the dominance of the U.S. cycle, and we're at the beginning of the dominance of China. And so the next world, you know, world leader will be China um, by far, because when you think about what he just talked about, who has all the money, who has all the gold, who has all the GDP, it ain't America anymore. It's China. China's China's got a good chunk of all that stuff and increasing more so. So 
they are headed in that direction where they will, you know, will most likely be possibly a big chunk of the world reserve currency. Now, nobody sees it right now because nobody's paying attention closely. But if you look closely and watch this video, you'll see that that's where we're headed in that point. And, and so what that means is for the U.S., if you're a resident and you're in dollars, that's a very, very, very bad place to be. Because in, in the future, right now, the whole entire world uses the dollar, okay? When the world reserve currency shifts, when he talks about, you know, he's talked about the world order shifting, what he's talking about is the reserve currency shift. When that happens, all those countries don't need the dollars anymore because they won't be buying stuff in dollars anymore. They'll be buying either in the native currency or in the one or whatever is the new world. So what happens? They dump all those dollars. Well, anybody who knows economics knows the simple supply and demand. If you have more supply and less demand, the value of the dollar is going to go down dramatically. And that's why, you know, I tell everybody, all my friends and everybody here knows already, you should all be diversified outside of the dollar. Have some crypto, have some gold, have some silver, have some real estate, have whatever real assets, buy cans of tuna, whatever you need to do. But definitely diversify yourself so that you're real not- assets like cans of tuna, guys. Cans you laugh, you laugh, you laugh, but you know what? Tuna, cans of food and seed are going to be one of the most premium currencies somewhere down the world, somewhere down the line. I don't know how far. Guys, if we're eating tuna out of a can, I'm going to start hunting deer. I'm not going to be eating that tuna. Ah. I'll tell you that much. But we got 400 plus live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, we got two minutes. Leave a little time for Gonzo. What did you take away from Ray Dalio's video? It is actually, it was an, an and, and, and the, the, the changing world order video, not so much this video because he gives a small summary of that video, but the video about the changing world order, that was such an eye-opener for me. Incredible. You know, uh, also the Dutch were uh, uh, had, 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 had the world reserve currency, then the English came. And why did the Dutch lose the, the, the world reserve currency? Because we start lending money. All the engineers, all the people with the knowledge went to England and they they uh, they were building their machines and all kinds of engineering stuff. So the, the, the England, the UK, was much better all of a sudden than the Dutch was. Then their, their, their battleships went better than the Dutch. And then, yeah, all, all of a sudden, the Dutch just, they just yeah, disappeared from the world reserve currency uh, uh, agenda. And, and and it became it became oh yeah maybe maybe France France in between and then UK and then US you know and and after USA it will be China and then in 100 years it will again be something else maybe South America or maybe Africa will be or or or, or, or another part of Asia so this will go on and on and on so but it is really interesting to see and that's why I agree with Johnny that it is so important to diversify and also diversify in something they cannot print, which is precious metals and real estate. But also you can invest in good companies, for example, Microsoft, Johnson & Johnson, uh, 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 Apple. You know, Will those go bankrupt in the next couple of years? Nah, not, not so likely. So, But you know, a lot of money in the bank is maybe to change your plans a little bit. And you can't bring cans of tuna either, Ab. You can't. <laughs> We're never going to stop with the cans of tuna. And Gonzo, one thing I'd like to throw out there, the U.S. dollar was originally tied to the value of gold. So that's how they tricked everybody in the first place. But floor, floor is yours, my friend. 
Yeah, you know, I, I suggest also check out the interview that Arthur Hayes did and where we're going in the next decade, that we're about to see one hell of a bull run in tech, crypto, stocks, and then what happens after that. And so the important part of that will be that they have no other option but to print money. The yield curve is completely inverted. No one's going to be there to buy these bonds. And so they're going to have to move that money that they usually got in the bond market into something else, which is something speculative. And so it's going to be important to position yourself when, when this thing runs to pull your profits and then put them in the right things for when the collapse comes. And so definitely check out Arthur Hayes. Uh, I know we're running short on time. Thank you so much, Gonzo. And thank you for being here today, bro. Always happy when you're on the show for real. But we got 395 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for joining us on today's episode. I want to say thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Andrew Cashflow. And thank you to the Italian Stallion himself. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get the shit together, baby. Thanks for joining. Let's go, baby. Let's go.